How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, for those of you who heard the show last Sunday, we tried to tackle the complicated issue of high school coaches who moonlight in the summer or the offseason in which they are working with the kids from their high school team. But now they are getting paid directly by the kids and their parents to play on the summer team uh, that they coach. Now, I will tell you that the response to that show was so overwhelming in terms of emails, texts, social media, and so on, that I felt compelled to revisit this issue again this Sunday morning. Why? Because the general consensus from everyone was that this was a topic that had so many angles and so many layers to it and so many ways in which it could go sideways that it really merits more discussion. Okay, let me tell you what we, what we concluded last week. Number one, that most state athletic governing bodies have left it up to the local or individual school boards or other school districts to make their own policies about their coaches working in the summer. In other words, it's up to the individual school district in which you live to have a policy in place. Number two, that most everyone agrees that high school coaches uh, have the right to make extra money in the offseason because it's clear that travel or club team coaches can make a lot more dough than high school coaches in a school district. Number three, that in some cases, there's a real worry about the quality of coaching that kids receive from outside coaches instead of licensed and trained high school coaches. Number four, that sports parents are concerned about retribution. That is, that even if the off-season program in the summertime is labeled as being strictly optional, well, the parents feel that if their kid doesn't participate, well, that could put them at a real disadvantage for getting decent playing time on the high school squad during the regular school season. Why? Because the varsity coach knows that that youngster did something else over the summer except play on his team. Uh, Maybe the kid played a different sport, or maybe he went on vacation, or maybe he even got a job in the summertime to make some extra cash for the family. In any event, the retribution angle is that the kid is worried that the coach might hold all this against him or her for not playing on that travel squad. In other words, this is a very complicated, very tangled mess. And I I mentioned last week that in the state of Ohio, in that state, their their top state athletic association uh, used to ban all high school coaches from working with the players in the summer. But then they did a total reversal on that policy a couple of years ago because too many of their high school, their top high school coaches were leaving school programs, becoming travel team coaches for more pay and and less restrictions. So Ohio decided that given the migration of top coaches out of the schools, they might as well try to stop this bleeding by allowing their coaches to work on travel squads in the summer. They also felt it was preferable to at least have trained high school coaches work with the kids in the summertime as opposed to unqualified coaches to run programs. So on the show this morning, I want you're going to hear from two of my guests, two, two real experts on this topic. First, you're going to hear from Chris McCarthy, 
who has been on the Sports Edge before. Chris is the athletic director at John Jay High School in Cross River, New York. He's also the New York State Section 1 chairperson for baseball. He's one of the top ADs in our area, and he's most familiar with this issue about high school coaches, you know, wanting to moonlight in the summer. Chris, good morning. Uh, How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for making some time, and and you just heard my preamble about this, uh, and let's get right into this. Now, I understand, you know, talking to you earlier this week, Chris, John Jay, you guys have put into place a different kind of approach to this issue, uh, one that at least theoretically, will allow high school coaches to earn some extra cash in the summertime, but will hopefully reduce any concerns that parents may have. Yeah, I mean, we we wrestled this, our Board of Education wrestled it, because you often find yourself in that the land of con- conflict of interest, you know, in regards in any type of tutoring, whether it be educationally, athletically, you name it, uh, could be uh, in the music room. So basically what we do what we do here is to your point before our superintendent and our board of education understood those same concepts that you can't really deny teachers and coaches the ability to make additional funds you know for their families or for whatever they you know are hoping to to do but instead you do have to create clear rules about what what is acceptable and what's not and that's what they've done in, in our policy and that we do allow, we do allow coaches to, they could go out and, same as tutors, because it, it does fall into the same category for us, a, a, but a coach can go out, he can work for an organization, and if members of our school or teams uh, participate with that program, that's okay, as long as the coach is not the one directly receiving the funds from the families, and um, that's something that is acceptable. However, on the other side, the ability for a coach to do one-on-one tutoring for kids uh, on his roster is something that absolutely we would uh, is not acceptable. And uh, we really, we that that's something our coaches have really. Uh, that's something they realize themselves is a conflict of interest to begin with, and have stayed away from it. All right. So let me just clarify what what what's been instituted at uh, in your school district. First of all, I, I find it fascinating and probably appropriate, quite frankly, to say that all comes under the, the realm of tutoring. The, in much the same way, uh, a high school teacher uh, would not expect to be paid as a tutor for one of his or her students during the school year what, you know, in their class. Uh, that, that wouldn't fly. The same kind of philosophy is being applied to the high school coaches. Specifically Correct. that you said, number one, that if a you not there's no way a high school coach uh, at, in, at John Jay can can basically offer for pay private instruction to one of his or her athletes. That's number Correct. one. All right, but in terms of trying to accommodate the coaches who do want to make some extra cash in the summertime, tell me how this works again. So how how does a, how does one of your your softball or baseball or cross coach how does this work if they want to you know, run a, be involved with, the, with their high school program in the summertime? So basically, if they were to be part of another organization that they are not, you know, running or recruiting directly for, they could be uh, just coaching for a particular organization. Why, why this comes into play and why we had even these conversations was it's, it's, 
it works on both ends. So, yes, we all, you know, we've talked about already the fact that coaches have the right to make additional funds if they have a, an expertise and they have the ability to do that. They have the right to do that. The other piece that came into play for us was that if we just denied all access, what if, you know, our some of our elite coaches were part of an elite program, which is something that happens here at John Jay. Now what happens is our student-athletes could be excluded from some of the top AAU opportunities that will help them not only grow as uh, an athlete and a young man or woman, but also create opportunities for them to be seen at the, uh, by college coaches and, and maybe the potential for them to have opportunities to play at the next level. So we had to look at it from those perspectives as well. So currently, our, if um, one of our kids is in a program and one of our coaches happens to be working for that program, that's completely fine. Uh, there's, that's in no way violating our board policy, but if in fact they were accepting funds from a family to work with them and, and believe it or not, that question does come up and 90% of the time it really is innocent that a parent would say, Hey, I just want to get them some extra work. I don't know much about this. Who should I contact? Would you be available to help him? He loves working with you. Yep. And that's when we share, no, unfortunately, that's not an option. Now, we also do know the complicated side of that that might get someone to ask that same question. But I think for the most part, it's usually done in a pretty innocent way. Um, and then that they are made very clear that that's not an option for us. Here are some programs in the area for you to choose from. Go ahead and do that. Now, so, so let me, now again, I, I understand, Chris, I'm not sure I got this right. This is a new policy you guys are just instituting or implementing now. Is this correct? This hasn't happened, it, right? It, this is, it's in place now. This is something that we worked on last year. Uh, to do, they do a review of all their board policies over a period of time, and this was one that uh, they had spent time on last year and put in, and is now instituted and in place here. Yes. And 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 do do you? Uh, I'm just curious. How do you get the word out to all the parents of the of the student athletes about this? Well, ba- basically, the way that works is when the board of education is making. Uh, updates the policies and reviews the policies. They have numerous readings that take place at our Board of Education uh, meetings during during that time frame. They have multiple reads before they finalize one mm-hmm. so that they can kind of address every possible angle that maybe wasn't identified through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, that gets posted. It's on our, it's on our website so our, our parents have access to it. But then I go back and then I meet with our coaches and make them aware of what our policy is, what updates have been made that could impact them or their student athletes. We're talking uh, right now with Chris McCarthy, the highly regarded, highly respected athletic director at John Jay High School up in Westchester County at Cross River. And as you've just been hearing, uh, Chris and, and along with his colleagues at John Jay, the school board there have been trying to get ahead of this issue about, you know, coaches at high school level trying to or want to you know, work in the off season with some of their high school players and obviously make a few extra bucks along the way. This is a complicated and a very complex issue. And as you just heard, uh, Chris is trying along with his, his, his buddies there and John Jay to make this happen so everybody goes away somewhat happy. And uh, Chris, I have other questions for you as well about this because it is sort of uncharted territory to say the least. Um, but let me, let me take a time out, take a commercial break, and, and get a sports update. Uh, 
When I return, I'll continue my talk with Chris McCarthy. Stay with me. Welcome back to the Sports Edge. We're talking this morning about high school coaches who want to work with their athletes in the offseason in order to you know, develop their players, their athletes, and to make their program stronger. And, of course, the coaches like to get paid for doing this. And this gets to the whole realm of the influence of travel club teams and high school coaches and whether or not this is appropriate. Are there ethical concerns? Uh, can we expect the coaches to do the right thing and, and so on and so forth? My guest right now is Chris McCarthy, the AD at John Jay up in Cross River in Westchester County. And he, he's just outlined a new approach uh, that his school district is going to use to try to make everybody happy. But Again, I just want to reiterate to Chris, the coaches at John Jay, they are not allowed to run any kind of private coaching sessions for pay with their players. In other words, if a kid comes to the coach and says, Coach, work with me on my, my swing or my shooting, three throws, coach will do that because they want to help the kid, but they're not going to get paid for this either during the season or out of the season, correct? That's correct. If they're doing that, that, that is a form of them just giving back to their program with no monetary value attached to it. Okay, so now we go to the summertime, and, and the coach is hooked on as an employee, for lack of a better term, with a travel or club program, but they're not running that team. They're not running that program. They're getting paid, as, as I said, an employee thereof. And that's, I think, the difference here. That's the compromise that, that from John Jay's perspective, that's okay because it's clear to everyone that the, the, the coach is part of, a, theoretically, a much better or much uh, a very talented group of coaches, and it lets the kid improve, but there's going to be some payment made, not directly to the coach, but in effect, of course, indirectly the coach gets paid. Is that, is that correct, fair to say? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. I mean, it really, it's, it often is a way of validating the level of coaches that we have in a program when they are available to, to be part of those bigger programs, because it does open up doors uh, for programs and kids in the communities that they work with that mm-hmm. may not have been open previously. I, you know, I think this is interesting. Now, look, as I mentioned at the outset, you know, one of the concerns here is that every state uh, has had to deal with this. This is a nationwide issue. Some states, like Ohio, have said, okay, this is what we're going to do. No problem. High school coaches can work in the summertime. New York State said no. You know, it's up to the individual school district. Clearly, this is an issue that you must have talked about or debated or heard about from other of your colleagues. Uh, what kind of feelings are they, or what are you hearing from, 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 those, from your peers? Well, I'm, basically, we're all in kind of the same boat in feeling that, you know, we want our coaches to have the opportunities, if warranted, to be part of the outside program. Number one, that's only helping them get uh, better at their craft. You know, they're working within their craft for a longer period of time as opposed to just being when they're with us. So we think that's a great way for them to grow as coaches, and it's also an opportunity for them to make some additional uh, money for them Mm -hmm. and their families, which, you know, certainly warranted. Uh, But we also realize the reality of, you know, what has happened in certain places and what we have dealt with. I mean, if you went back, you know, probably even in my community, 15, 15 years ago, that was probably happening the way we don't want to see it happen. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a big change that's happening across with all our communities, and it's just a matter of them, you know, breaking it down to the point where, our, like, for us, it was our Board of Education was really looking into our tutoring policy and realized that our, our, our athletic coaches fall under this same realm 
and uh, should be treated similarly. And, and I agree with them 100%. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious, and again, I know this is a new policy, a new approach. Uh, is, is this going to be somehow, I don't know, uh, overseen? Do you have to go around uh, in the summertime and check on these various uh, uh, travel teams? Yeah, I mean, in the, in the big picture of it, um, there, a, a lot of it plays itself out right in front of us because of the organizations that coaches are working with. You know, where you're more mindful is if things are happening privately, and that's something it's, that's keeping your ear to the pavement and, and uh, trying to keep your hand on the pulse of what's taking place in your community. Okay, so obviously, I mean, you, I'm sure parents, uh, we, we both know that sports parents these days are not bashful. Clearly, they'll, they'll come find you if they think there's something going, going uh, wrong no, here. Yes, they are often our best investigators. <laughs> 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 That's well said. Now, uh, I have this, and we're talking with Chris McCarthy uh, from John Jay. Obviously, you looked at this not only from a, an athletic administrator perspective, but obviously you're, you're a sports parent yourself. You have not one but three kids who all have great talents as athletes, and they've gone through this process themselves. Mm-hmm. So clearly, again, you said maybe 15, 20 years ago, it was a different world, different time, different places. Travel teams and club teams were growing. But now, in 2019, it's different. Tell us about your experience with, with, with your kids. Well, I think, um, you know, we had a number. Uh, each of my kids actually uh, was, fell in love with a different sport. Which, so I got to experience it in three different realms. Uh, my oldest daughter plays volleyball at Ithaca College. My son is at Oswego State playing baseball. And my youngest daughter, who's a junior, uh, just committed to the University of Oregon to play lacrosse. So I got to see it in, from three different angles uh, from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in many ways, they, they, they are similar. They, obviously, it's, uh, the, 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 the landscape looks a little different, but the concept remains the same. You know, we were with, my daughter was with a travel program uh, called Downstate, and that was a huge part of her development as a as an athlete, her IQ within the sport were it, were, it was critical to her growth, um, and it gave her the opportunity to come back here and uh, excel at John Jay. I think her her senior year, she was a conference player of the year, and that would not have happened without the combination of the two programs. Right of what my you know Coach Tom Rosati does here for us, and what the um, program at Downstate did for on the outside. My son was in a similar situation um, with, with baseball, and then my daughter just went through it with uh, where she goes to a much smaller school because I, I live up in Pauling, and it's a much younger lacrosse program up there, but she was able to work with C.C. Berger and Westchester Elite, and that is the single reason she was seen uh, by many of the coaches across the country that had interest in her. And in the end, um, our, our ability to actually be, go out to Oregon and have this opportunity was really because of the work that our, our, that program did in, in, in getting us the exposure uh, for my daughter. So I think um, you have to be mindful of how these, these two things can really uh, connect and create great opportunities for kids Without you know going the extreme either way. Well, you know it's funny. I, I've been uh, I was listening to you to you talk about your your talented kids, and you know I, for years I've been talking on the show about well what's going to happen? Our club of travel teams just going to replace high school sports as we know it, or is there going to be 
sort of a, a coming together, a melding of, of, of the travel with the high school sports. And, and Chris, clearly you're in the middle of this. You're in the vortex of this. And you're seeing the value of both because, yes, you just said, you know, your, 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 your kids really benefited from having that kind of extra coaching uh, or, and, and exposure during the summer times from their, from their volleyball or baseball or lacrosse. And yet, at the same time, they, they want to benefit and enjoy the experiences of playing on their high school team as well. And, and I think that's, I get a sense that's where we're heading with all this. Well, I, I would say that it, from my perspective, I've been doing this for 16 years. I've been coaching in an education for 22, that without question, the combination of those two entities coming together is what creates the ultimate athletic experience for kids. Their ability to, if they have this passion to play it on a more regular basis, to grow uh, their skill set over a period of time, and that's truly how you get better is by playing. Yes. But but then to represent your school is something that is a that should be cherished. That is, it's a memory of a lifetime. I always share with our parents here that you know I had the ability and I was thankful for the ability to play college baseball, and it was a great experience. But my greatest memory are still, you know, at the high school level with my closest friends to which, you know, we always, when we get back together, love to tell the stories. Of course, the stories get better over time because <laughs> we have that ability. Um, but it really is an important combination. Those two together, I've seen through my experience, through my kids, through my kids' experience and through the kids here at John Jay, that will make, that's what makes the ultimate um, athletic experience for kids. They truly grow exponentially when they have that opportunity. Well, as I said, I think that may be the uh, the solution. And obviously, I'm eager, as I'm sure you are, to see how this progresses, this new, this new policy in place at John Jay, to see if this actually works. And maybe the, the way that other school districts, other athletic directors will, will follow suit, because this is a very delicate, tricky problem. And as I said, it's too many ways it can go sideways. So Hey, Chris, thank you so much for, for joining me and, and explaining what's happening up in your school district at John Jane Cross River. It sounds like this may be a way out of the woods for sure. And uh, again, my thanks for, for talking to me about this uh, this morning. My pleasure. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Chris. That, is, of course, is Chris McCarthy, as the athletic director, highly regarded, highly respected in, uh, in Section 1 in Westchester County in New York State. And curious to see what happens with this new policy they do to basically allow their coaches, their high school coaches, to work in the summertime and get paid as employees of travel teams. All right, I've got some more for you. Stay with me. I'll be back with more. Let me take a time out. Hey, friends, don't forget that uh, 9 o'clock uh, this morning, it's football Sunday. Obviously, we're in the middle of the NFL playoffs. And, of course, uh, we want to make sure what we hear what Mark Malusis and Dave Deal have to say about uh, the games uh, t- this weekend. And, as always, I invite you to check out uh, my website at askcoachwolf.com. And, yeah, you can even follow me on Twitter at hashtag AskCoachWolf. Now, we just heard from Chris McCarthy about what they're doing at his high school in northern Westchester, about the issue of coaches who want to make some extra money in the off season. So I've asked our good friend Jack Smithlin, uh, a longtime high school coach and Hall of Famer from New Jersey, who's been on the show several times in the past. And I want to get Jack's take on this issue. And I will tell you that, as I mentioned at the top of the hour, I received a number of responses from listeners last week, and a number of them agreed with Jack's comments in, in particular on the show uh, about the concerns about putting all this ethical obligation on the coaches. 
And, and uh, Jack, uh, first of all, good morning. Thank you for, for joining me this morning. Um, oh, you're, you're more than welcome, Rick. You know, there's one theme I keep hearing is that this, you know, if you, it, and this is something sort of, I think, mirrors your, your perspective as well. If you're going to enter in the profession of being an educator or a coach, if you're doing that to make money, then you're probably in the wrong job because coaching is more about being a calling, not so much about making money, particularly at the youth and high school level. But, of course, things changed. We understand that coaches have to pay their bills as well. But t- tell me your thoughts about that. Do you think that that's changed, that coaches today are more aware that there are guys making millions in the NFL or at the college ranks? You know, I, I, I really do. I don't think that they compare themselves to them. I mean, someday, you know, as as all kids want to play professional baseball, professional football in their lives, all coaches want to get to the highest level of, of coaching. But to compare yourself to something like that is ridiculous because as high school coaches and high school teachers, like like I had said on last week's show, and this topic is an excellent topic, um, you can't do it for the, for the money. It's not a it's not a money job, and 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 anybody that's in coaching or teaching really shouldn't be calling it a job. It's your love, it's your passion, and you know, like I've always said, and I've said this to you before, Rick, that you know, if if you're doing something that you love, you can't even consider it a job. And I never did. My 42 years of teaching and coaching. Never once did I ever consider it a job. Um, I had offers to go and get more money at other jobs. I loved what I was doing, where I was, the people that I was working with, and the kids that I was working with. So I declined on 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 increases in my pay to stay where I was. And, you know, the topic itself and is an amazing topic because when, when last week after I got off the show, I was so intrigued, I started calling a lot of my coaching friends. And I've talked to about 15 to 18, to be exact, um, coaches. And out of the 18 coaches that I've talked to, 16 of them had said and felt exactly the way I feel, that you should never, ever take a penny from one of your players. Well, In no- season out of season or whatever. Again, this and, is where we get into the whole issue. It gets a very gray area of ethics. Now, uh, well, again, uh, this is a log jam situation because we know that uh, high school coaches these days are, are pouring in all sorts of long hours on behalf of their, their student athletes. Yeah. But uh, they also know that there are these other opportunities with outside teams, club teams, travel teams, whatever. Um and the question then becomes, like as I mentioned, Chris uh, McCarthy was saying they're going to try to implement this policy in his school district, which allows the high school coach to work as an employee of a travel team in the summertime. So right. it affects. Now, look, the parents and the kids are paying to have the kid in the travel team. That that and right, it's, exactly. they're expensive, yeah. but it, the the coach is not getting paid directly by the kid, but he's getting paid indirectly, um, right. and the travel team. And, of course, once again, they're not under any uh, regulation from the school districts or the state. They, they can charge whatever they want. But there's still the sense of, is this the right way to go? Now, Chris, you know, he pointed out, and rightfully so, the travel teams do offer, uh, the ones that are run well, they do offer, uh, you know, a higher platform for, for kids who want to go to the next level of college, maybe mm-hmm. showcase, whatever. But again, at the end of the day, there's money being exchanged here. And again, it puts the high school coach 
a little bit under the microscope of like, was this the right thing well, to do? Well, you know what? After the after your show last week. And, you know, after speaking and researching and looking, you know, and talking to a lot of my coaching friends, and like I said, 90% of them all agreed with exactly the way I feel, I did, I did do some research. And, you know, and the first thing that I did, Rick, was I looked up the word unethical. And it's not morally correct is the answer, mm-hmm. the definition. Mm-hmm. So what's, what's moral? You know, what, what is morality? And, you know, and morality is doing things, you know, not conforming to the accepted standards of what people do every day on a regular basis or morality. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I think every coach should consider because, you know, there are other ways. I mean, you can go out and coach and do private lessons, but you know what? There's a lot of fish in the sea that are looking for these extra you know, you know, extra curriculum and, and paying for for increase in skill levels and stuff like that. But what I did is, I actually looked. State of uh, of Texas has um, it's the ULI, and what it what the ULI is? It's the Universal Interscholastic League Athletic Code. Right. And what and what they state? I mean, really, in their in their in their cattle in their in their um in their book, it says section twelve oh one. And it's all coaches should abstain from any practice which would bring financial gain to that coach. Okay, now that's the that's the first part of that definition, and it goes on to explain it a little bit better. But then I took it one step further. I actually called the NCAA, and I asked the NCAA what their rulings were, and their rulings are basically the same thing. All right, they say that no coach in a college could accept any money with inside their program. They can work outside their program. They can work with athletes that are in the communities or, or in camps and stuff like that, but never should they ever take a penny inside their, inside their program. And, and it goes on to reading the manual. And like I said, it, it's, it's section 11.3 in the NCAA publication of their standards for coaches and NCAA rules. And it's the funny thing about it is 11.3 is for division one and three and 11.4 is for division two, uh, university, you know, division two colleges. But I mean, this particular rule states, I believe the same. There's other rules that are different with recruiting and, and, well, this and is, scouting. Sure. I mean, this is, but, you know, I'm, I'm impressed that you, you took it upon yourself to do this research and, you know, <laughs> went to track down the, the rule book, uh, in Texas, well, the, the UIL, uh, you know, that's, that's their, that's their governing athletic body. Of course, in Texas, the, the football coaches there make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're well I mean, compensated, but <laughs> but the NCAA says no. You should be doing that. I mean, after all, you're exactly already, right. You know, I mean, I, I amongst the various emails and calls I had this past week, I, I heard from one coach uh, in New York State who was telling me that yes, he's been trying to build up his his program for a number of years, and he's put together uh, a baseball program in the summertime, and he he doesn't take a dime. He doesn't well, take a dime from his players. But he has right. to charge the kids because he's got to pay for this, that, whatever. The problem right. is that it still gets pushed back from from uh, the parents because they all think, well, no, this must be going somehow into his pocket. Exactly. I mean, parent, the way parents think is 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 amazing to me because, like we said on last week's show, and this is something that I talked to with every one of my coaching friends that I had called, and I actually called two ads also that that felt exactly the same way that I feel. 
But, you know, what's ethical, what's, what's, what's morally correct and all of that stuff, that depends on you personally. Well, is that's... It, is, is <laughs> yeah. it wrong to take money? There's no laws against it other than what each state, each school district or whatever come up with. And, Jack, but, that's, that's the bottom line. It, it is. Ultimately, as you said, there's no, it's, it's ethical. It's a question for the individual coach. Uh, obviously, exactly. it depends where you work. But it's not illegal. It's just a question uh, of you doing. If you feel you're doing the right thing for your your athletes, and, and it's that's not right. It is absolutely one hundred percent incorrect to ever take. You know, and there are other people that look at it this way, Rick. That um, I'm coaching a kid. I'm the high school coach at, the, at at whatever high school in New Jersey. Okay, mm-hmm. and if I go and now take private lessons, do private lessons with one or two or three of my players. Okay. I am now what they call, and this is something that I actually looked into when I researched it, the rules on double, uh, double dipping. You know, is that considered double dipping? Well, some organizations and school districts or whatever feel it is double dipping, and some say no. It's That's, two completely different things. Jack, you know? I, One, I, <laughs> I'm sorry, but obviously uh, this is a very, very tricky uh, and delicate topic, and I'm out of time. But, you know, no problem. Um, you've done tremendous research, and again, this problem is not going to go away. I'm curious to see how it works out and at John Jay High School. And again, we'll see how it plays out in other school districts, all facing the same issue. Hey, Jack Smith, and my thanks as always. I'm sure we'll hear from you down the road. Thank you for including me, Rick. It's, uh, it's always my pleasure. Thank you, Jack. Talk to you soon. Okay. I'll be back with a few final comments. Stay with me. Back here on the Sports Edge, you know, I, I wish I had more time to call, talk about this issue. It's very, very complex, uh, and I'm, I'm really grateful for, to Chris McCarthy and for Jack Smith and the coming on today and presenting all the various aspects and facets of this, whether it's ethics, whether it's trying to make sure the high school coaches make some extra bucks on the side. It, bottom line is you have to, it really depends on the coach to do the right thing. We have to put great faith and great confidence in our coaches to have the ethical compass to make sure they're not taking advantage of this kind of situation. If it turns out that they are, there are obviously going to be repercussions. There's going to be pushback from the parents and the administration. But again, it's really uncharted territory, and we'll have to see where it goes from here. Hey, my thanks this morning to, uh, to Brian Rascona and Tom Lugauer. Please stick around for Football Sunday. I'll see you next week right here on the Sports Edge. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.